Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I'm just peachy. Are you? Yeah. I'm doing great, man. You know what was fun? What's that? We saw each other out and about. We saw it not just out and about, but doing what probably, well, at least what my favorite thing to do is. Uh, I mean, can be extremely fun at times and can be challenging at times, but coaching. Yep. In between practices, we are, we, we, our kid, my kids practice right after yours and uh, got to, uh, we got to have our pre-show meeting for about 30 seconds. <laughs> that was perfect. No, I know. That's it. all we needed. Yep. <laughs> and we got it down, ready to go. In fact, today's show is going to be uh, the, the, the sports podcast today, the sports are going to be the world series. We're going to go over the world series a little bit. Uh, game three is going on as we speak game four, game four is going on as we speak. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, uh, about 10 50. There was a no hitter going for a while off to double check and see if it's still going or not. We'll get into the world series. Kevin Nash released. I did it right off the bat. I did it right off the bat. I thought you did it on purpose. Oh, my God. It was right off the bat. I've been talking to myself all day. Here's the thing. (laughs) I take blame for that one because I made fun of you before we even – I made fun of you in the gym when we saw each other. I said, Uh, I want to talk about Steve Nash just because I want to talk about Kevin Nash. (laughs) Kevin Nash did not get released by the WWE. He retired a long time ago. No, but did you hear just this week or just that last week uh, his son died? Oh wow! No, Kevin I didn't. Nash's son. Wow, R.I.P. Lil Nash. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, what was that? What did we call it? Dearly departed. Dearly departed. Is that what we called it? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Steve Nash was really. I, I'm gonna. I guarantee I do it at least two or three times. I've already. I struggled thinking about it. Saying Steve Nash. You know what? You just did it correct two times in a row. I think you're done. I think you're done with it. I think it's all Steve from here. Steve Nash was released by the Brooklyn Nets after they have struggled to start this uh, 2022-23 NBA season. And, of course, we've got our Mount Rushmore, which is of Bengals uh, players and comedy, which was Paul Verzi, I think. Verzi. Verzi, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's kick this thing off the way we always do, Adam Schmidt. Let's get into the Reese's. So uh, this week we have something that I, I, it sounds similar to your favorite thing, but I think I've heard you mention before that it's, you don't care for it. I've never had it. Oh, I've never had it. The Reese's uh, nut rage. Right. I have not eaten the nut rages. I love Snickers bars. Okay. Okay. But I don't believe, I truly don't believe nuts should be in my candy. I agree. I don't believe nuts should be in my cake. I, I don't believe nuts should be in my brownies. And I don't believe nuts should be in my cookies. Or ice cream. 100% not ice cream. So, I do like Snickers bars. Right? That's, Same. So, I'll eat a Snickers bar. I don't know what it is. Maybe because they're not full peanuts. Are they full peanuts? I don't even know. I think but, they are on the commercial. So this is the Reese's Nut Rages, which everyone knows that my all-time favorite Reese's, the, I gave it a 9.9, was the Outrageous Bar. You only gave it a 9.9? Nine, nine? I know. I, well, I got it. You never know, man. If something comes out that's better, I, it's got to have room. I've got to be able to let something get over it. 
So this is the Reese's Outrageous Bar is the nougat, the caramel, the Reese's Pieces covered in chocolate. Did I say nougat? It's it's peanut butter. This is the Nutrageous, which is peanut butter, caramel, nuts, peanuts, chocolate. Adam just took his first bite. Adam, first impressions. So it's the it's the Snickers, but it has peanut butter in it. Right? right, they make a peanut butter Snickers. There's a peanut butter oh, Snickers. Okay. I'm I'm wondering if there's any difference then between the two. But mm. Mm. I'll tell you. The what? Let me uh, I'll tell you what. First, I don't like the nuts, man. First I know. First bite though, I'll tell you what. For me, so far, it's it's a really good blend. The nuts are there. They make it a little crunchy, but I almost sort of like the little crunch it gives. Yeah. And and I don't think it's over the top nuts, you know. It's not over the top nuts. You know what I'm missing? I feel like there's less caramel in this than there was in the outrageous bar. Am I am I am I losing my mind? <clears throat> no. I think you're right, but I think I like that about this. Really? I like caramel, but it's too messy for me. Mm. I, I'd rather have the not not as messy. Dude, the outrageous bars, when you open them, there's almost always caramel on the side. Like you're <laughs> yeah. trying to peel past. <laughs> um while we enjoy this, before we before, we, before we get in, before we rate this and before we get into the sports, I was in a, I was in an elevator yesterday at a hotel. Yeah. Tell me what you would do in this situation. <laughs> There's so sp- many good elevator stories. All right. I'm walking. There's one elevator. There's two elevators in this, in this hotel. Only one's working. Mm. And it's six o'clock, man. People are checking in. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking over towards the elevator. And there's one feller in the elevator and I see him and he sees me and the elevator doors start closing and he's just looking at me. I run. I took two hard steps and stuck my hand in the elevator to stop it. (laughs) Now, here's my question for you. Two questions. Number one, if you're the guy in the elevator, would you hold the elevator if you saw somebody coming or just hope they didn't make it and you never see them again? (laughs) <laughs> that's question number one answer that now yeah uh mostly i would hold the elevator i feel like i think i've been in a scenario though may, maybe even a couple of times where i kind of see somebody and i don't hold the elevator and then i have to pretend like i didn't see them right so that's they, my thing we I, eye contact was clearly made i'm coming directly at the elevator not like at an angle where you can like hear somebody or no i'm coming directly at it what color were his eyes brown yeah yeah so you guys really made some you saw into his soul i saw into his soul and his soul was not pleased i stopped that elevator (laughs) the elevator door opens he rolls his eyes away from me and (laughs) stares into the corner you know what i did i said i said Four, please. <laughs> he was right next to the buttons. I was scared of I might get eaten. If I, go, I said four, please. <laughs> Without moving his head from the corner, looking into the corner, he reaches down and touches the four. I said, I appreciate that, my man. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm as awkward as I've ever felt in an elevator. I didn't talk to him the rest of the way. He stared into the corner of the elevator. That's me. He get like... I mean, a weird situation just happened, right? Like I had to reach it. He 
never moved a muscle to help me or even go, oh, my bad, man. I didn't see you there. Nothing. Didn't. Nothing. That's because there's nothing better than a solo elevator ride, and there's nothing worse than a ride with someone. I am. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it, but. <laughs> so, so, old boy standing there staring. He gets off on two, right? He gets off. I look. As he's getting out, I'm like, have a good one, have a good one, my man, or be good, brother, or you know, take it easy, something like that, whatever. What do you think happened there? What do you think happened next? He didn't say a word back. He did. Oh, he did. I was totally surprised. As the words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, why did I do that? I should have never said anything. I was like, hey, brother, be good, or something, you know, whatever. And he just goes, you too, and just walks out dead, dude. This dude. Oh, wait, you guys got off on the same. No, no, no. Oh. He got off on two. I was going to four. He got off. Okay. He got off. I was like, oh, have a good one, man. You too. As it was coming out of my mouth, I thought I was going to get turned down. It, but I feel like I feel like that was a forced. I feel like that was definitely forced. Like, of course. He could not say something. You felt, oh, there's the there's the caramel uh-huh, wrapper. Uh-huh. And here's the caramel now. So I had a, I had a, mm-hmm. yeah, it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. The first couple bites, it's not there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm enjoying uh, the caramel now. Okay, so do you, have have you ever thought about the fact that you may have ridden an elevator or just crossed paths with or or bought something? A murderer. From, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Murderer. He was a murderer. Yeah. Sounds like it. I like if he would have got off on the fourth floor with me, I wouldn't. I would have let him get off first just to see which way he turned. So I went to go the other way. Even if it was towards my room, I'd wait for him to get in his room and then turn around and start walking to my room. Which is what women have to do all the time, I think. I know. I, dude, I feel so bad in elevators with women because I, I was know, me too. I don't know. Like, I want to be nice. And I'm always like, yeah, go right ahead. Or go ahead, you know. And then I learned, like, a lot of women don't feel comfortable getting in an elevator in front of a man or getting out of an elevator in front of somebody because... You can grab them or whatever. Yeah. We're walking down a hall, like a hotel yeah. hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I always I, feel so awkward in those situations. I try to break the ice with conversation and stuff. Just to, well, I mean, I'm going to do that anyway, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel weird. So, so, so uh, I had to go back down to my car, get my, cause I left my phone charger down there, go back into the elevator. I'm in the elevator this time with four dudes, one of them way more talkative than me way more annoying he was annoying talking right and i guess that's what everybody thinks of me now that i think about it i was annoyed with this guy so two of them get off with me and i turn right and these boys are right on my backside and i'm walking down i'm like oh boy something like they they look like they could be a little grungy you know what i mean like they might be just waiting to try to get some mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't know if I want to go in my room right now. I was like, you know what? I dare. I know, right? When I get in my room, right on the left, there's a coffee maker. I grab that thing and smoke somebody. I ain't worried about it. I opened that door, and I swear that dude stopped behind me for a second. I got so nervous. He didn't know. He just kept walking by. Like he didn't. Nothing ever happened. But, yeah, I, I was just thinking, as we were talking about girls, that was another. Same elevator, same place, same day. I, uh, yeah, I I think about that stuff too. If I see somebody even remotely that could be suspicious, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm automatically afraid too. And the, the, the getting on an elevator with a woman thing I have not every time, but I have 
like been getting ready to get onto an elevator where a, a woman was also getting on. And I realized I'm, or, or an, a woman's already on the elevator and I'm going kind of like your first scenario where the doors are, are starting to close or they're not closed yet, but she's already on and I'm walking toward it. And I see that. And I'm like, either, either say stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. like, that's all right. I'll just take the next mm-hmm. one. Or I go up the stairs or something like that because I'm like, I, I I'm more nervous that For I them. could be making you somebody nervous. feel nervous. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and then the times that I have been, you know, like I happen to like turn the corner or something and I'm walking behind a woman going the same direction or something, or, uh, or I did get on an elevator with just that. I mean, I, I try to like be as the least suspicious I could possibly be. I don't know how to do that, but mm-hmm. I just try to do it. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I just, I, I want to disarm so bad, but I'm not going to start a conversation. I'm not Chris Witt, but, <laughs> uh, but, but maybe that's what I need to do. I don't make, know. Her, make her feel a little better. I mean, it's hard to break the ice with that stuff. But yeah. All right. Anyway, rate this thing. Reese's Nutrageous. I'm going with a. Uh, I'm going and. I like this. I'm going with a nine six. Mm. Eight four. Wow. Eight four. <clears throat> Just because of the peanuts, you like everything else about it? Yeah, it's the peanuts that take the whole thing away from me. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> by the way, I haven't yet because I'm I've gotten used to the last six weeks chewing on one side of my mouth because if you remember so many weeks ago, six weeks ago, I guess, I <clears throat> I was eating lunch and like half of my tooth just yeah. fell, fell off. Fell out. <clears throat> I got it three weeks ago. Oh, Got did you get your full crown back temporarily on? Temporarily fixed. Yeah, today, a few hours ago, basically, got fixed permanently. Good so for you. Now I can actually brush and floss back there. Good. I can eat on that side of my mouth, but I'm so used to not now. Mm-hmm. So chewing on just on the left. Yeah, it is what it is. You'll get used to it again. Yeah. You'll figure it out. You'll anyway. accidentally chew over there, bite your tongue, and then you'll have a sore <laughs> Yeah. Bit my tongue chewing sunflower seeds a day. It's going to be a bad day or two now. Running on a tip, man. It was a bad. Yeah. I hate when I do that. All right. So let's get into this um, World Series starting right now. And let's take a look here. So, game one was won by the Astros. Game two, Philly Steel. Um, oh, my gosh. Are we kidding here? Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pulling up the game right now because, as we said, this is going on uh, as we speak. Has the, the last no-hitter was a perfect game by Don Larson in the World Series, right? Ooh. Pretty sure. What's that, 50-something? Uh, late 60s. This is no-hit. We've got a no-hitter in the eight, going into the eighth inning. We are in the eighth inning. we got a no-hitter alert, and uh, there – oh, it's not a perfect game. He's got two walks. All right. So we do have a no-hitter alert. Uh, it's five to nothing Houston. After last night, the Phillies set a new playoff record with five home runs in a game. That's the record, five? The record is five home runs in a game. Doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, but in a playoff, think about it. Your, your guy gives up a couple home runs. He's gone, right? Mm-hmm. This happened early, and they got to McClure. McCuller, whatever his name is. McCullers, yeah. McCullers, quick. 
And he's obviously tipping his pitches. John John Smoltz would not stop talking about it. And uh, you heard it all today. It was great, great job by Todd Frazier, really going over it on ESPN today. He was on like four different shows talking about how he's tipping pitches, what he was doing, and how it's a subtle thing, but it's something that you see. It's the one slow motion point of the delivery, right? So that's the thing you see before you really need to get ready. And boom, it's instantaneous. I'm going to get a breaking ball. I'm going to get a fastball. I know what's coming. And if it's in that spot, he said it's basically like uh, it's like Christmas morning for, for a hitter. So five home runs. Bryce Harper started it off. Harper walks over, walks over to um, – oh, what's his name? Kyle Schwarber. No, 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 no. Walks over to uh, Baum, Baum, Baum. Alec, Alec Baum, Baum, whatever his name is. Third baseman. Tells him a little whispers in his ear. Bomb goes up there. First pitch. Bomb. <laughs> Boom. Bame. Bomb. I can't say his name. So anyway, uh, pretty cool little day. It was kind of cool history. You got to see right now we've got a no hitter going into the eighth inning. Um, I believe first time since Don Larson threw his perfect game in the, in the world series. Wasn't Roy. Didn't Roy Halladay pitch a no-hitter against the Reds in the playoffs? That was in the playoffs, not in the World Series. World Series. Yeah, the world, last time it led in the World Series, yeah. Yes, Roy Halladay threw a no-hitter against the Reds as a Philadelphia Philly. Yep. So, R.I.P. Yep. Roy Halladay. Anything you, wanna, anything you got to say about, about, the, uh, about this? We, we, we made a bet with a big follower of the podcast, Mr. Danny Roop, uh, out in California, because, you know, we're worldwide out here, baby. Uh, it's kind of like Pitbull. They call us, they call, we're the Pitbull podcast. Mr. Worldwide. Do you remember Bubba Sparks? Uh, yes. Are you kidding me? Bubba Sparks? Supposed to be the next Eminem. I just watched, I just watched a two hour, ep- a two hour episode of him on, um, on, uh, well, oh my God. Comedian, uh, lives in Nashville. Um, oh yeah. From New Orleans. Uh, you're talking about the guy. Uh, you're talking about the guy with the mullet. We watch this thing all the time. Super funny guy. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, I, I don't know anybody's name. So. His podcast that I listen to every single week. Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn. Thank you. On his podcast, yeah, Bubble Sparks. On. Nice, Bubble Sparks. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a blast from the past, right there, my I brother. Know. I forgot about him until I saw that. Mm, that is a blast from the past. So anyway, yeah. Uh, on on a, on on another note. Um, we made a bet with Bubba Sparks' uncle, Danny Roop, and uh, and we said we made it. We tried to decide what we wanted. I told him. I said my brain says Astros in four. My heart says Phillies in seven. You guys made me pick. I said I'm going with my brain, and by game two, I was done. So. By game three, I was done. By game three, you were done. What was? Do we know what, what, uh, what Uncle Dan's pick was? Can I go back and find it? That's a good question. I think it was Phillies and six. Phillies and six. That's right. So he's at Phillies and six. That's a really good, really good opportunity that he's gonna he's gonna beat us. We got ten bucks on this. Is that what we got on it? Yep. Ten dollars. Ten to win bones. The next two nights, but they have to win the next two nights. But we got ten bones on this bad boy. Yeah, because they're losing now. That that game's this game's over. The Astros have won this game. I not officially, but yeah, I'm I'm counting it as a win for the Astros. Yeah. 
So they've got to win out. So Philly's going to have to win out for him to win. Otherwise, it could be Phillies in seven, which I should have went with my heart, and I could could have made 20, 20 bones. Could have got me twenty bones, man. That's like how many outrageous bars is that? Uh, I don't know, six. <laughs> Feels like it these days. Yeah, way too expensive. That's good. Okay, uh, so that's that for the World Series. You got anything else? I mean, we'll keep. I'm going to keep an eye on this because this game is going to end. Uh, while we do the podcast. So I'm going to keep this up on the phone. Uh, and he got through it through eight, no hit through eight. Unbelievable. Wow. wow. What should we do on the podcast? If he, if he gets the no hitter, what should we do on the podcast? If he gets the no hitter, that is a really good question. I use that, uh, to do a voice to text to my dad. Uh, I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to. If he gets a no hitter, I'm gonna hit this so we get a hit. I'll do the rest of the podcast with my left shoe off. I love it. You do the rest of the podcast with your left shoe off. I'll do the rest of the podcast with my right shoe off. Everyone listening, raise your hand if you care if I have my left nobody shoe cares. on. Nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares if either of us have a shoe on, but uh, we'll say congratulations is what we're going to do. What we're going to do is if um, – Wait, is, doesn't, isn't that how it works, though? You said you talked about the no-hitter, so it's not going to happen, right? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> so this is a right currently a three-pitcher no-hitter. Oh. I mean, those feel – like less of a no hitter, don't they? Uh, no, I think that a combined no hitter is more difficult than a single person no hitter. You're 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 when you when you're one guy and you get a no hitter, you're like, it's it's that mean you're in a groove, right? You are in a groove when you get three. You you're taking a chance every time you take somebody out that hasn't given up a hit. You're taking a big chance, and when you get to two, when you get to three or four pitchers, that's even more crazy. Yeah, but you know the everybody runs their uh, their starters shorter distances because of that third time through the order rule, right? So your likelihood of of yeah, if you look at the if you look at the third time through the order, the batting average goes your your batting average jumps. It's like eighty points. Yeah. So I mean, maybe it's I don't know. Is it is it? Easier Maybe it is time? easier. Maybe it's easier. If you have a really good bullpen. If you you got to have a good bull. Like I said, you're you're. It's just more things have to go together. If you're a pitcher that's on a roll, I'm gonna trust the guy who I know is got his best stuff right now. I feel better about him going back out than I do going. All right, let's give it to somebody else. And it depends on how that guy looks, how dominant, his, how he's continuing to throw. I mean, this yeah. guy was at 94 pitches. Javier was at 94 pitches. If his mechanics are breaking down or something in the sixth or seventh inning, it, you know, and he, and, and people are squaring him up a little bit more, but they're getting, they're, they're hitting at people or something like that. Then, you know, it's, pr you're probably going to need to, to make a change, but you're right. If you have a Randy Johnson type guy or a, uh, you know, a Greg Maddox or something like that, who, who threw a 76, a 76 pitch no hitter or whatever, which I, I saw a thing today that somebody said that that's a hoax or something like that. And I, I, I only saw that part of it. I didn't watch the whole video. I don't know anything about it. Who did? Greg Maddox. They had a 76 pitch um, 
76 pitch complete game. I don't know if it was a no hitter. I could see Maddox having a seven. If if anybody, it would be somebody like Maddox who pitched the contact because and knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like could put it anywhere, knowing the ball's going to get hit, but knowing it's not going to get hit hard. Yeah. If anybody could do it, it'd be him. Or you'd be like Nolan Ryan and throw a ten inning no hitter. Yeah, <laughs> go out for the tenth and then the eleventh inning. Yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the World Series. Um, like you said, we'll keep an eye on that game, and uh, it'll be. Uh, will it be? O- it'll be over by the time we get back next week, right? Because this is Game Four. Game- I believe Wednesday, next Wednesday, after the rainout, next Wednesday could possibly be Game Seven. Okay. So today's Game Four, right? Tomorrow's Game Five. That's Thursday. Yep. Day off on Friday. Game six, game seven, Saturday, Sunday. So, yeah, it should be over. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm going to, I'll be back. We, right now, the uh, Astros got a guy on first in the top of the ninth. So, things are still moving for them. Um, all right. So, we are. And that is correct. Sunday would be game seven if necessary. It will be over. We'll let you know how we all did on our picks. I think it's going to be Astros at six now. You do? Yeah. I think this is going seven for sure. Right. You think Astros in six? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I like it. My original pick was Astros in five. Yeah. But that's not happening. Okay. All right. So let's move on uh, to oh boy. I'm, I'm concentrating like a son of a gun right now, buddy. Steve Nash being let go. I, here's what's gonna. Here's when it happens. It's when I get excited and start talking fast, or talking faster than my mind thinks. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that. Always, like if that's how it works, I don't know. But or when you're thinking about the Wolfpack, or when I'm just thinking about the Wolfpack. Um, but seriously, th- this is. I'm. I'm. I'm ready for this. I'm going. My goal is zero. I'll be okay with one, Kevin Nash. I'll be okay if I come out of this with one, Kevin Nash. My goal is zero. Starting right now, Steve Nash let go by the Nets. Adam, tell me what you think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this feels so – no, I'm a huge Steve Nash fan from his playing days, so yes. I'm, I'm going to defend him almost no matter what. You, ha- I mean, Steve Nash is close to <laughs> – Steve Nash is close to uh, John Stockton-esque. Yeah, on your in your world, and John, we all know John Stockton yeah. is just one millimeter away from Michael Jordan. Yeah, yep, my favorite point guard, uh, Steve Nash is. I mean, he, the kind of teammate he was, you expect him to bring that to a team as a coach, which I'm sure is a big reason that he was hired. He was teammates with Sean Marks, the GM mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. That's why he brought him in with no coaching and no head coaching experience, um, and. It was utter turmoil the entire time he was there. I mean, it wasn't like he was handed the greatest, uh, the the easiest group of guys to coach. He was handed a great roster, but you got to gel, man. Chemistry is a real thing. The three guys, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, those are three guys with a history of getting, getting unhappy quickly and causing some some issues causing causing trouble yep. two uh, and six two and six they start off this year and this is after this is coming off the 
uh, postseason of not the postseason, but the offseason of Kevin Nash basically saying, you get rid of. <laughs> you started laughing. I knew I did it right away. Kevin Durant coming off of Kevin Durant. I, there's a really good chance that I would have done. We just did this a couple months ago where I said, I said, Kevin Nash wants Kevin Nash out of there. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I'm talking about him in the third person or something. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so – why is this so difficult for me? Why are the Nets and Kevin Durant and Steve Nash – so that's what it is. It's Kevin Durant, Steve Nash. That's why it's so difficult. I can't – maybe this is the best thing that could happen to Steve Nash is to leave Kevin Durant so I no longer – it's all about me. So I no longer continue to call both of them Kevin Nash. Why didn't you call both of them Steve Durant? <laughs> I don't know because I don't know Steve Durant. Not, right. So right. He was, Steve, Steve Durant, Durant said was no. not in the Wolfpack. Kevin Durant coming off in off season. I'm going to talk slow. I apologize <laughs> for everybody. I'm, I'm I'm past my goal. I'm now on my what I'm okay with. One Kevin Nash so far. It's actually two, but one since I made my rules. Uh, so this is coming off an off season where Kevin Durant said he wanted Steve Nash out and he wanted, uh, who's the GM, Sean Marks, Sean Marks out or else he didn't want, or else he wanted to be traded. That's right. Uh, they basically called his bluff and said, Nope, not happening. Ownership said no chance. This is who we're going with. This is what we like. This is what we're going to do. Steve Kevin Durant then says, okay, uh, we'll put out like a joint statement, not a joint statement, but kind of they each did their own little thing saying they're together, they're working as a team, they're going to do it. Uh, so he basically totally backpedaled. Uh, seems like something Kevin Durant would do. So uh, I don't know, that sounded mean, but I had to say it slow or else I'd say it wrong. So it's not, you know, that Kevin Durant is what it is. So is this the cop-out? Is this the easy way out right now? Or is this really what probably needed to be done? Both. I like that. I like that. It's what needed to be done because there's a black cloud over this whole thing already. Everybody's already thinking about this. It's also a cop-out because this is not the reason. I mean, it might be part of it, but it ain't the reason why this team is so bad. When when your star players don't buy into what you want to do, uh, as a head coach or don't buy into who you are maybe is I don't think anybody has any issues personally with Steve Nash. He, no, they, they all said that before. Very right? well liked. Yeah. But if you don't like what he's doing with the, uh, with whatever you guys are running or, or how bad the defense has been, if that's, if you think that's on him or you don't like your role on this team or whatever, it, it does to those three guys and, and James Harden was traded last year because he was unhappy. That's so, fine. They got another one right in his place, though. Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons. I mean, he may not be the guy who's gonna make a big deal about, you know, if things aren't going well, he wants somebody else out of there, but he's the kind of guy who just is a he's just another another head case that they have out there and i say head case i don't mean that like i i feel bad for the guy right like he's got real issues going on he's another distraction distraction but it is a head case issue that's going on so i'm apologize if head case is not the right thing to say 
but it is. You take it literally, it is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, the it probably is. And, and Steve Nash even told – so apparently the two of them have been talking for the last week about maybe this probably – you know, this probably isn't the right thing because of, number one, what happened in the offseason, the way they started, number two. Um, and Steve Nash said they're not listening to me. They're they're turning the page on me. They're, it's not so. As a head coach, why would you want to stick around for that anyway? I mean, you have one of the most talented rosters in the league. So if you can get him back on track, and he talked about that too the other the other day. He was like, you know, this is about this is about our. I don't I don't see much desire and much will in in us right now. And you have to like just dig deep. Either you can be you can let this thing fall off the rails because we started two and five or you can like dig deep inside and how, how badly do you want to write this, you know, write the ship. Yeah. And it's he, to say that he doesn't see the desire in those guys and that they're turning their backs on him. Basically. I mean, probably a better, as a matter of fact, somebody was just saying, I might've been Doug Gottlieb or somebody, um, said that right after that happened, right after they fired him, somebody close to Steve Nash texted him and said, "He is he is back to being stress free." Like apparently he's and he got two two nights ago, he got he got teed thrown up, out, thrown yeah, out of the game, double technical, and like he did not look like the Steve Nash that we all know. And the love. most, uh, yeah, the angriest I've ever seen him, and a lot of that's probably more anger with his players than anybody yeah. else. Absolutely. Um, so I, it's really unfortunate that this happened. It's not, it doesn't seem fair at all. Steve Nash seems like such a great guy and for him to be, you know, and then here's the other thing. The number one name in line to get this job, which by the way, Jacques Vaughn, who has head coaching experience is the interim coach for now interim yep. head coach. People are talking about in the next day or two, Ime Yudoka is going to take over this team. This is so you, – you, we talked about this earlier today, and you seem super surprised by this. Yeah. This I mean, surprises me in no way, shape, or form. Not, that, not the fact that he's taking over this team, but this early. I mean, this is two weeks into a season. You're talking about a guy who just took a team to the NBA Finals. And then even more in recently. His first year. And then even more recently, yeah, got suspended for an entire year. Yeah, because he was having, him. yeah, but but because he was having an in uh, in house relationship with someone that's not his wife, right? I I get that, but you're talking about a guy who just brought in his first year as coach of a team, took them to the finals. Look, I I get that the Celtic way is a Celtic way and good for them, right? I, I would like to think that I would run an organization that same way as they did and make the move that they made right away. And things never really got out of control with it, right? There's not a lot of press to it. They made it. They did it. It got done. People said, you guys don't even know how bad this really got. Bless you. Thank you. But uh, obviously, it was pretty bad, right? Something really bad happened. Yep. There's no criminal charges. There's nothing like that has ever been brought up uh, not, not even spoke of not like they put something under like you're not even hearing little instances of this so the dude's like right now the hottest coach that doesn't have a job 
he's going to be the first one looked at. I said this when we were talking. He's going to be when this all first happened. I said he'd be coaching within a year. You said you didn't think it would be. You didn't think so. With within a year, like after a year, that next year would be within a year. I guess he, right. he takes yeah. his year off. It, it's just kind of a bad look because he just got in some real trouble and a huge suspension. It's it, not like he it might look that way, but you're talking about a roster that could be the best roster or one of the best rosters in the East. You have a you have a top five talented team in the East. You don't know how much longer you're going to have this together. You don't know. So you are going to go after the best. You just came up off of a guy who's never coached before head coach, been a head coach in his career. It didn't work for him. You need somebody that has proven that they are as hot as you can get right now to take catch this this lightning in a bottle if you possibly can which no one's been able to do right since these guys have all been there much as it's only been it's only been steve nash but this is the opportunity and they're taking advantage of it It, it's also i get it i get it i totally get it it's also especially a bad look because of all the all the other stuff that's been going on all the outside the basketball thing outside the basketball court that's been going on all the stuff with Kyrie he you know they struggled so much last year because he or the last two years maybe because he wouldn't get the vaccine so he couldn't play most of the games James Harden was unhappy so he didn't play hard uh Kevin Durant was hurt a lot I mean so there's been a lot of stuff and and that's why it's so unfair to Steve Nash but all that stuff, and especially right now, I mean, there's this huge thing going on with Kyrie again because he posts this thing about a, I don't know if it's a documentary or a movie with, that has like some really anti-Semitic, not even undertones, oh, just really, about this, yeah. it's getting really big. I mean, this is a big thing and like all the NBA media has been talking a lot about it. Last night, Reggie Miller and Charles Barkley both like, just absolutely attacked Kyrie Irving and all the other players. Reggie was talking about shame on all the other NBA players for being silent about this. He needs to be taken to, to, to test. For yeah. This. Cause I, I, that, that, I agree with that. I totally agree with that part of it. Like he needs to be taken to test because what he's, what he's pushing, what he's talking, you know, the things that are going on there. If anybody else were to do that, they'd be quote unquote canceled as we call it. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. Cause I, you know, Kyrie is very maligned already. He he's everybody's already everybody's already looking at him through a microscope because he said so much odd stuff, and he's he's I don't polarizing. Know. He, he's, he's a very, he's very polarizing, polarizing individual. And so this is another thing. So you know, on top of that, already going on now. And now, you know, them, those guys trying to get their head coach fired in the offseason and then having to backpedal and then starting off really bad because they're just not they're not going that hard, especially on the defensive end. I mean, it's so unfair. And then to bring a guy that just got in big trouble for having an inappropriate relationship in in the building, that's just I don't know, man, I just can't. If you, I'm going to, I want to ask you, I wish I could remember to ask you about this in two months. Let Jacques Vaughn do the rest of the season. He he hasn't been hired yet. Right. 
here's the other thing before you ask me that question that you were just that you were just going to say don't don't forget about that another name that has come up aside from Ime Udoka's which probably makes a lot more sense is Quinn Snyder okay Quinn Snyder was Utah's coach for a while for maybe like 10 seasons or something and they were really successful they were a top two or three seed for five or six years in a row right um they had some really good teams. I think the one year they, I think they had their best record in the league or the second best record in the league. They finished the top seed. They didn't, uh, they always fell apart in playoffs for whatever reason, but he's had a really good track record. He was a really good coach in Utah for a long time. He's available. There are probably a couple other guys that are available. There are some other guys that have been longtime assistant coaches that could be, there are other, uh, other you've got, guys. You've that got have, one of the hottest coaches in the NBA that's available. I'm I'm right now with this team, you may never get another chance to get this team where they need to be. He has less head coaching experience than you that's that's <laughs> that's fine. I get that. What I'm saying is he has proved himself though as a head coach. They're not hiring him never being a head coach. They're hiring him after one year that he took a really good Boston team and took them to another level to the NBA finals. That is that's and and come up against an insanely great Golden State Warriors team. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now it's probably the best hire that they it's the it's the smartest hire they could they could get basketball wise. Basketball wise, there's no better hire than that. Optics wise, how much worse can the optics be for this new for this uh, Brooklyn Nets team? The optics are terrible. Kevin Durant's, you know, out retweeting fifty other people. Uh, two outs, bottom of the ninth, man on first, which was a walk. Two outs, bottom nine, uh, and it brings up to the plate uh, my favorite catcher of all time, Real Muto. So, all right, I got the game day going. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. I need to get Let's do it together. We'll go game day together. See who wins. Um, I I don't think optic wise, you've got Kevin Durant, who's a, a tweet box in full, and and is and and is his gets himself in trouble in ways and is hurt all the time and has said things that have already made the team look ridiculous. Kyrie Irving, we just talked about that. Talk about looking ridiculous. I, I, the guy's one of my favorite basketball players in the NBA when you watch basketball. Like, I love him as a basketball player. He is one of my favorite. He might be my favorite player to watch in the NBA. Wow. Kyrie Irving is probably my favorite player to watch in the NBA, maybe outside of Steph. When Kyrie is playing basketball, he's a magician on the court. It's amazing the things that guy can do overshadowed by his self by his off the court self. So you have that, like the optics of this team aren't, and you get Ben Simmons, who's Ben Simmons. That's just, that's a whole nother level. The optics of the team. I mean, you ain't getting any better. The optics aren't going to get any better. What's the big deal if you make them a little bit worse. And then in two months, this team catches lightning in a bottle and they're in second or third place in the East in two months from now. And everybody's going, this is the greatest thing that they've ever done. The greatest hire that's ever been the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened. Everybody's happy. Everybody's playing well and they're winning basketball games. What if it's 
what if they're winning basketball games more because they're just happy that they have a guy that they prefer in there more? And they're, you, they're you'll never harder. know that. You'll never know that. That'll be in Duke. Way. That's then. Then that was even. Then you made the right hire. Then you made a smart hire that made your players want to play for someone who's there. So what if that is the case? What if so? What if they start playing for somebody that they really want to play for? Then good. Then you're catching lightning in a bottle, and they're going to be a really good team. They're That's gonna... what you want in a coach. You want a coach that the guys want to play for. Sure, uh, but because of who Steve Nash is, and because of I don't want to say I don't even want to say that email you you don't. It's it. It's over. No hitter. Official no hitter. Official no hitter is in the books. Uh, a, a, uh, let's see here. How many pitchers did we have for Houston? Oh, shoot. Where are we at here? We have Javier. We've got, uh, Abreu, Montero and Presley finishes it out. Congratulations. We've got a left shoe and a right shoe off. If you're on the YouTube, I can't straighten my leg out like Adam does. <laughs> I have no hamstrings. Um, congratulations to the Houston Astros. On coming back from a seven and nothing loss last night and really playing, you know, showing that they're they didn't they're not giving up after losing two straight. That's right. Uh okay. So oh, man, my feet stink. I was bro. just gonna say I, I did not take a shower when I got home from basketball. So I, I just, was gonna say I apologize if my feet stink, but no, I'm a little mine. I'm a little stuffy, so I can't even it's smell a good that. thing because mine's ranking right now. All right, all right. Um, okay, so I'm gonna have to take my other shoe off or put that shoe back yeah. on. This is way too weird. I kind of like that my left is off and your right is off. Yeah, that's why I yeah. feel like we're balancing. Yeah, each we're balancing other out. each other out. Good call. Um, okay, so to to put a bow on that for me to to go with what you were just saying is great for them if they find a guy they want to play for. I can't imagine you want to play for Ime Udoka more than you want to play for Steve Nash. What is Steve Nash doing that you don't want to play? For? I, I, I mean, you're saying they're not going to be happy with anybody. You can't find, you're saying that, that no. if they can't be happy with Steve Nash, they're not going to be happy with anybody. That's not what I'm saying. Why in the world would, would by what everybody knows about Steve Nash, what kind of guy he is, what, you know, the positive energy he brings to every team he's ever been on. How would you what motivates you to not want to play for him and, and to motivate you to want to play hard for somebody else? I mean, I, of course, there could be things that we don't know about behind the scenes, but I, I can't imagine there would be any reason for uh, for anybody to want to play harder for a coach more than Steve Nash. I don't know either of them personally. And they I mean, as a as the way we know them as fans. Sure. Of course, I agree with that. I don't know either of them personally. I've never had to deal with them. Like these guys have to deal with them on an everyday basis. So in that case, I really don't. Whatever the reason is that they don't respect Steve Nash as a coach is really unfortunate to me. And it's unfortunate that he doesn't have a job, but I feel like there's a chance that Steve Nash is going to be a much happier person without the stress of being there every day and knowing that these guys don't, don't, yeah care about you as a coach absolutely i totally agree yeah good I, I'm, I'm happy for steve nash if they if if email yudoka comes in honestly whoever comes in but especially if it's email yudoka and i i have nothing i have no problem i was excited about the hire when when the celtics hired him right he's a greg Pop, popovich guy 
Uh, he was, I think, in Nash's first season, I think he was a, a, an assistant coach under Steve Nash. I'm pretty sure. I, it, No matter what, no matter how good they get or how fun they are to watch, it's going to be hard for me, and I hope it's going to be hard for a lot of other people to like that team. I, I, it's hard for people to like that team. Period. It has nothing to do with Steve Nasher and, and Emway and Duke. I can't say his name. It's hard for people to like that team in general. It's pronounced Kevin Nash. I think I feel pretty good about myself right you now. You did incredible. And as a matter of fact, let's let's end, end that, that discussion right while you're on top and go to NFL picks. We think. I'm so happy for myself. Baseball, basketball, Great we're covering. Time. Let's it all, cover baby. it all. NBA, NFL picks. NBA, 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 NFL picks. No, it's all me. Dude. <laughs> My feet stink way worse than yours. All right, so week eight. Uh, I don't know how I'm feeling about week eight because I don't really remember my picks very well. Yeah. So let me know. Let me first remind everyone week seven was my first three and a week. You were two and one. That was great. But I did, or maybe you, you were two and one or one and two in week seven. You were two and one, but I pulled within a game of you. Yes. So this was going to be a big week for me. This is big week. Did you, did you step up? Did you step up to the plate? Adam Schmidt. I stepped up to the plate. Yeah. And I went one, two, and three straight whiffs. Nice. Oh, and three. All right. Let's hear how uh how did how did we go on my side of the world? You stepped up to the plate, and in your first three at bats of the game, you hit home runs. Yeah, baby. That's a four-bagger. Not a real uh, I mean, that's a three-bagger. Three. You hit three triples or whatever. Nice, 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 nice. Oh, I needed that one, buddy. I needed that one. I fall to seven and fourteen, and you go up over five hundred. You're eleven and ten. Yes, I like that. Awesome. Where is that at? Is that at the top of the page? That's right here. Who did I have? Washington, Indianapolis. I had Tennessee uh, against Houston, and I had Philly against Pittsburgh. Nicely done, Christopher James. Way to go! All right. Especially that Philly game, that was an eleven-point spread, and you're like, absolutely, they're going to take care of that. Yeah, Philly crushed. Philly crushed. Not worried at all. All right. So week nine, it almost feels like a uh, uh, like useless. Like, why am I even picking now? Because <laughs> I'm in such a hole. Uh, actually, four games. Four games. I could have four good weeks in a row, or yep. th- two good weeks in a row, and you could have two tough weeks, and we could re- be right back in it. Um, but we are in week nine, man. We're we're halfway past the season. We're halfway into the season. You know, I love it. Yeah, we're that's, halfway through. This is insane. Fast. Halfway through the season, hoping hoping that after this week, maybe we can get uh, Mr. Andre Edwards in. He said he he would try to get on with us uh, on the bye week to go over how the first half, how he feels the first half of the NFL of the Bengals season went. Um, they're they're going to need to step their game up because they are currently what are they three and four, four and four, four and four. Yep. Not exactly where we thought we'd want them to be, but uh, we'll go over that and talk about that next week. As for now, mm-hmm. we have okay. So I have my picks, but uh, you're welcome to. Or no, I I I have to go first, right? You have to go first because you're losing. All right. Oh, wait. Or was it the winner goes first? Whoever's winning goes first, so that whoever's losing has an opportunity to pick whatever they want. How did we decide that? I, I think it it shouldn't matter because I think you can pick 
you can pick the same games. I'm yeah, you can, but I'm not going to do it. All right, go ahead. You go I first. I, I'm just going to jump ahead now and tell you there are three big spreads this week, and I'm taking all three of those games. But Wow, so you're free. taking after you're going after my uh my role that I went with in the Philly Pittsburgh game with that 11 point spread. Except I'm taking all the underdogs. Whoa. Houston is a 13 and a half point underdog at home against Philadelphia. Real, real quick, thanks to Randy Randy Witt, this is the first time that a pitcher threw six no-hit innings since in a World Series game. Since 1965. Whoa. And then they go on to throw the rest of the no-hitter. Unbelievable. Wow. And Don Larson's was in 1956. 56. That surprises me that it's only six no-hit innings. It's been that long. Yeah. I mean, it's the World Series. It's the best of the best and the best of the best. You know what I mean? Like, it hits a hit. Like, a hit is, I mean, that's nothing. I guess so. 1965. Do you know who was in the World Series in 1965? Yep. It was uh it was the Dodgers and the um it was the Dodgers and mm, I'm not gonna go Yankees is too easy a choice. I'm gonna go Dodgers and oof, come on, something quick. I'm trying to think of American League teams that were good in the 60s. I'm gonna you know who I'm gonna go with Dodgers and Yankees. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going Yankees. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go um, A's and 1965 National League team. I'm gonna say the Dodgers or the New York Giants. Who was in the 1965 World Series? New York baseball Giants. Uh, 1965 World Series Dodgers one in seven. Oh. Didn't I say the Dodgers? Yeah, yeah. And they played. Uh, let's see here. I don't know. I don't know who they played. 1965 World Series. Here it is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Minnesota Twins. Ooh, there you go. Minnesota Twins. Kirby Puckett's rookie year. Uh, I am uh, taking the Houston Texans. You can keep going on on the <laughs> on the baseball thing if you. I could. Had uh, anything else? I didn't. I had nothing else. You. I had nothing else. I'm just reading my phone. I got text messages coming in like crazy right now. I got you. The Houston and thank you, Randy Witt, for that that piece of information that we could do right right now live on the podcast. That was excellent. Uh, Houston Texans as the underdog against Philly. I'm going the New York Jets are at home as a 12-and-a-half-point underdog against Buffalo. Okay. I like that. Actually, that's a a good pick. I like that pick. Thank you. Uh, And then the Tennessee Titans are on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs, 12-and-a-half points. Ah, Big spread. Two five-and-two teams there. A big spread. You got six-and-one Bills and and five-and-three Jets. That's a big spread. Mm -hmm. Uh, And who was the other one you took? Tennessee and Kansas City. Tennessee. Tennessee. Just to cover. Good for just you. To, just to, right. or, you know. All right, so that brings it on me. Uh, you know what? Two disappointing teams, the L.A. Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a three-point game. I'm not touching that because they're two disappointing teams that I don't believe in either one. Chargers-Falcons. This is good here. Chargers minus three. Falcons have been 
um, in some games and gotten beat in some and badly in some games. I'm going Chargers in Atlanta minus three. I don't like that. After I said it, I don't like it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I already called it. I'm taking it. Um, Atlanta's a three and a half or three point favorite. Three point underdog. Three point I'm taking the Chargers minus three. I gotcha. Uh, let's see here. We got Panthers and Bengals. This game is the one for me. This is the game. We're at home. Bengals are at home. They need to step up and figure it out. Wouzier is out for the year. That's going to suck on the defensive side of the ball. But you're playing a terrible Panthers team. You've got to come out and show that you are uh, that you're you're not the Bengals of Monday Night Football on Halloween. And that was nothing but a but a but a costume get up. I'm going Bengals minus seven. That's a tough. Ah, geez, I'm about to go and three. Um, my last pick. My last pick is man. About to take all favorites. I don't like. I did that last week. I took all favorites last week, right? Uh, no, no. I took the Washington. That was a yeah. Okay, so last but not least. How about Baltimore Ravens? Minus only two and a half against the Saints. Saints are not a good football team. Um, but they're in New Orleans, and you just never know what that's going to look like. Baltimore picks up uh, that linebacker from, from Chicago, uh, one of the best linebackers in the league. Can't just can't think of his name right now. You know right. what? Let's do it. I'm right. going Ravens minus two and a half. I'm taking three favorites. That is Wow. That is uh, I don't know that I've ever done that on this podcast. Baltimore on the road. My two and a half, right? Two and a half, right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yes. I think that's what it says here. Okay. Baltimore, two and a half point. All right. We've got them in. There they are. Those are the NFL picks for week nine. And we will find out how we did next week. So it is now time to stick with football. All right, let's stick with football and let's go to the Mount. Ru- how about that? That's how we talk on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. You're in the middle of a yawn. Don't stop. Just keep just keep talking. That's how I roll. Mount Rushmore of NFL Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals yeah. football players. The NFL Bengals, Cincinnati, yeah. All right, uh, you want to get us started, Ad? Sure. All right, let's go. Let's roll, roll, roll with it. All right. I am starting off with uh, who is probably considered by most as the greatest offensive lineman of all time in football, not just of the Bengals. That's Anthony Munoz. Uh, If you listened to or watched Mike and Mike in the morning for 20 plus years, Uh uh, Mike Golick talked a lot about uh, his playing days and and how great it was to play with those Eagles teams with Reggie White and those like, you know, one of the greatest defensive lines. And he always said Anthony Munoz was the best offensive lineman he played against. Yep. Um, I've heard several people say that before, that that Munoz is the best offensive lineman ever. You ha- I think you have to put Anthony Munoz on this list, yep. or at least I did. Um, okay. I- I'm going with a couple. Okay. Check number one. No, not on it. No, on mine. Oh, yeah, on that's on it. mine. Yeah, check. Uh, this one's just kind of a, a nostalgic, a nostalgic one here. We're one off. We have almost the exact same four. I'm going and now that I look at yours. I'm I'm leaning closer towards what you have. But anyway, continue. I'm going Icky Woods. I love it. You got to go with Icky Woods. Adam Schmidt was Icky Woods blackface for Halloween when he was 
I don't know, 11, 10 years old, nine years old. Uh, it was different back like then, six. man. Don't cancel him because of what he did when he was five or six years old. Right. It is. It, it was a different time, a different place. It was not done in any kind of mean way. It was the late eighties. It was the late eighties. <laughs> and he just wanted to be if you woods and they made brown face paint. That's right. They sure did. Uh, and so I was, I was, I was realistic Icky Woods and, uh, the Icky shuffle. I mean, it was a fun, he, only, everybody loved it. He only played like four years for the Mangle or yeah. something like that, yeah. but that was a phenomenon. Every time he scored, it kind of, it, it seems like it'd be kind of dumb now, to be honest. Like if there was another player that just did a really very simple, nothing dance. Yeah, over but on the that's sideline. because of how incredibly huge touchdown dances have gotten yeah. i truly believe that he started this he is the innovator that created what we now have with full teams doing stuff now yeah and for a while it was not allowed you couldn't celebrate nope. at all could not and celebrate they a little, little bit, bit. if you guy. did a spike that was a little too big they tee up and tee that's up. that's all they like, did it seemed like was spike the ball until icky started doing yep. the shuffle um but it was when we were kids it was really exciting I everybody mean, loved it and and I, I believe it was that was part of like so he would do it in the end zone, I think, at first. And then they said, you know what, it's holding up the game a little bit. Uh go over and, and do it on the sideline. And then he waited until after if I if I'm remembering this right, this is just off memory. He waited until after the extra point and then did it. Oh, I don't remember that. I just remember I remember him doing one every I could be totally wrong, but I think he I think they asked him to to go over and do it on the sideline so that they could get set up for the extra point, kick that. And then do your shuffle and do whatever you want. Huh, I didn't know did. that. Um, going on, same era. I've got to go with the lefty Boomer Esiason, man. I, I, you know, he was the he was the first quarterback in the NFL I really knew about. You know, because he was the quarterback of the Bengals team that went to the Super Bowl in, in the late eighties, and yep. um, he was a. I mean, he was a real. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the league too at the time, um, and he he just. It was just like a big part of my childhood right there along with Icky and, and all the rest of the guys on that 88, 89 team. Um, so I'm going with Boomer. He's uh, he's third all time in the uh, in the Bengals organization with in yards and touchdowns um, going on. This last one was tough. I wanted to put Ken Anderson on there because he is the best quarterback in Bengals history. And it's pretty like by kind of far. Um, but. I'm going to go ahead. You know, I also had James Brooks on there from the love James team. Brooks. I always remember James. I think of James Brooks as the smallest head ever. <laughs> Do you know why I think of him that way? Is it because we went and got his, we're stay, stood in line for a long time to get his autograph one time. Do you remember that? I don't. I feel like, man, another thing that I, I could have manufactured in my mind. I feel like your dad took us. To, I might have might have been like you, me, and Joe, or you, me, and Tony. Or something, maybe? It was something like that, and we stood in line for a long time to get James Brooks's autograph. We got to the front of the line where we were, we were next in line, and he had to leave. And he stayed for like an extra fifteen minutes and kept signing. But th at the end of that fifteen minutes, we got to the front. Yeah, somebody had to be somebody had to be the had one to that be. didn't get it. You know, right. that was and, us. And I, 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 I don't remember that. I vaguely remember. I hope your dad listens to this and oh, he tells will. you. He'll tell me. Yeah. Um. I feel like he was like he. We got up to the front. He got up, and and whoever was in charge was like, "I'm so sorry. He's got to go. It's he's got to be somewhere." And, um, 
And I, I feel like your dad was like, come on, please get, just for these guys. Like we were little. Yeah. And he's like, please, please one more just for these guys. Like he was kind of pleading yeah. nicely about it, but, um, but yeah. And they were like, sorry, this, you know, you're right. It's yeah. somebody, somebody has to be, has to be the last one, yeah. man. Just and there were people behind us and stuff. It's not sure. like, you know, he didn't, we yeah. weren't last in line and then he just didn't do it for us. So anyway, but James Brooks was really good at that time. I feel like that whoever ran that card show should have known what time he needed to leave and close the line somewhere. Yeah. And made that at the end. That's how that needed to go. That was that was poorly ran, if you ask me. But I think of him as a small head huh. because of his starting lineup. I can never keep the helmet on his starting lineup. Yeah. Oh, man. That's true. So I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I almost put Ken, Ken Anderson. I thought about James Brooks. Thought about Tim Crumright. I went with Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson is is by far the best wide receiver, at least statistically, uh, this team has ever has ever had in its franchise. And so. he is he still loves Cincinnati. Like he he is crazy as the dude was. He still loves Cincinnati and talks about it. And and he enjoyed his time here and loved the people of Cincinnati and. I, and is crazy and weird of a not weird, crazy of a dude and the antics that he had and, and how he pissed a lot of people off from other teams. You know, he's on our team, so it's different. He always seemed like a great dude. He always seemed like he, you know, the things he did for kids, he, he you know, as, as antic worthy as he was, you never heard bad publicity about him. You know what I mean? Like when he sent. Uh, he's, I don't know. He would send things to the, to the defensive backs on the other team would do stuff like that. I always thought that was funny. Um, nice. I like it. So I'm, I'm going to start off with the people that I don't have on my list. All right. I didn't put Isaac Curtis on there. I'm sure most people, I just don't remember Isaac Curtis. I don't remember him playing. I was never, I mean, I love the Bengals, right? I mean, in 88, they went to the Super Bowl. I was five years old. I was, it was huge. But by the time I was in into football, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, and I was playing football and stuff like that, and it mattered, the Bengals sucked. Yeah. But the one guy that was on the Bengals team for a while after that Super Bowl, uh, uh, anyway, we'll get to that. Isaac Curtis. No, Isaac Curtis. I didn't do Crum Rye. Everybody thinks he's one of the greatest uh, ever. Palmer was a phenomenal quarterback when he was with the Bengals, but he was a complete and total tool bag. And the way that he <laughs> wanted out was the way he wanted out. Now, how about this little combo right here? How about Blake Magic? Oh, yeah. Jeff Blake was might have been one of my favorite bets. If we did this 20 years ago, Jeff Blake was probably on my list. And, and if you put him on there, you almost have to put Carl Pickens on there. That was the other guy I was going to say. Carl Pickens. Sorry. The Pickens, Scott, Darnay Scott, Carl Pickens, Blake, uh, Jeff Blake era. Jeff Blake wanted to throw a ball over the middle. He had to jump in the air to throw it <laughs> over top of it. That's no joke. There's pictures of him both feet off the ground throwing a ball over the middle yeah. to get it over the lineman because he was only like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he was like our height playing was us, yeah. NFL quarterback. Um, so my – my and, and I, I don't have the, – the only difference is I don't have Boomer Sison. I got Munoz, I got Icky Woods, I got Ocho Cinco, and I put David Fulcher because he was my favorite player. Yeah. I loved David Fulcher. I got his autograph. Uh, he's – just he's my favorite player his autograph is in this stack of stuff here somewhere behind us because i've never fully done the studio again it used to be sitting up there on one of those little things that we had oh uh, yeah so anyway yeah that's mine munoz woods 
Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, and David Focha. That's right. And I'm sure I'm missing a ton. I mean, there's a lot of people. Joe Burrow could, I mean, he took the team to the Super Bowl in his second year. I mean, he's going to be on this list at some point in time. You know he's seventh all-time in passing yards in Bengals history? I totally believe that. Yes, <laughs> I do. It's a different league that we play, that they play in now, man. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not past Kenny Anderson. He won't be, he'll be past Kenny Anderson in two years because they just throw the ball differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, anyway, there you go. All right, I like it. So, that brings us to last but not least, and that is the comedy of Paul – What's his name? Verzi. Paul Verzi. Adam, I'm super interested to hear what you think about Paul Verzi. What was the name of the special? Nocturnal Admissions. Nocturnal Admissions. That's right. Which I don't remember him talking about it at huh. all. I'm not so sure. It's even better. Uh, can I tell you my favorite part of this whole thing? Please do. He obviously was in a mall. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. kept saying, I tell, I tell PP jokes in a mall. But I, I mean, he I said, think, I'm not, I'm not getting canceled next to Dave and Buster's. He said it multiple times because of where he was that night. I, it seemed like he was in a theater though. Um, yeah, the theater, obviously it was something in a mall. You know what I mean? I mean, I think, I mean, he, and then he said right next to Dave and Buster. So maybe he's, you know, it's a yeah. theater. It's a place that has something like connected to a mall. It's might be a separate building, but maybe right where a mall's at. I, he never said where he was at. Yeah, didn't he? Usually, I mean, the only say. thing I heard of where he was at was Cincinnati, Ohio, when yeah. he did the uh, the bull, the uh, pit bull joke. Yep, it was great. Yep, I love that part. The whole that thing was, with the dogs, yeah, so great. Yep. All right. So, what did you think? Uh, I, I, you know, I think I've seen little clips here and there of him before, and and I knew his name, you know, pretty well because he's you know friends with a lot of the other big guys. Yeah. Um. But this is the first time I remember sitting down and watching like a full set. Okay. And I just I just saw what you rated it. Oh, sorry. I was looking at your book. I'll, I'll jump right ahead. I love this. This was awesome. I think he's I really was funny. Cracking up the entire time. I think he's a great joke writer. He's a great no. performer. I, I I mean, this guy is super professional. You can tell he's been doing this a long time a and he's polished. Polished. Smooth clean there's no extended pauses there's no uh there's no talking over himself there's no going too fast there's no going too slow this dude is himself he knows who he is and he does him the 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 jokes about his dad were great the the jokes when he went to the doctor were probably my favorite there are many i I wish i would have wrote more stuff down but i laughed hard out loud multiple times i'm talking like the where i'm not even laughing where it's like like weird breather like, <laughs> like that kind of laugh yeah uh yeah this this was this was really good i i the only thing i wrote down i wrote down the dog stuff the w the WNBA thing <laughs> i love that uh <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I just watched the Greek feet, the Greek freak dunk on a guy and put his balls in his face. He goes, until they lower the rim to six foot and you're going to dunk and put your muff in her face. I was cracking up, dude. So funny. So funny. I'm not saying I don't respect the NBA. I don't respect the people in the WNBA. I just don't think it's entertaining. (laughs) 
yeah, that 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 was really good. The, he said something about Netflix, uh, kind of as like a, a comparison to something else that I can't remember. But he's like, you have to sift through so much stuff to get. He said something like, "Does anybody else think it's weird that Daniel Larusso is still having trouble with his high school bullies thirty five <laughs> years later?" Come on, man. He's <laughs> you got somebody. You got a teenager in your backyard teaching karate after school. Yeah. He's got me something better to do. Oh my god, that's so good. Uh, it, it, the whole thing was good. Uh, it, 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 and it, in fact, I remember thinking this is getting better as it keeps going. Hundred percent. I loved it. I gave I, it a. I gave it a four point three. All right, so I was in the middle. I when I listened to it, I said I could go anywhere from four point two to four point six on this. Yep, and. I started really thinking and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be above a four. I just don't know where I want to put it. And uh, I wrote down before we started this show, 4.3. Yeah. We both thought that I'm telling you a 4.3 on the Haas, on the Haas scale, on the nosebleed sports podcast is a must watch comedy special must watch. This dude is Great. I venture to say that we probably only have maybe, well, we've been doing this for what, three years now? The comedy segments? Yeah, at least two, I'd say. Yeah, maybe three. I've And every week, that's, you know, you're talking about a hundred plus comedy segments that we've watched yeah. on this show. hundred plus. Yep. I venture to say we probably haven't given over a 4.3. We've had some fours, 4.1s. I bet we haven't given over a 4.3 more than four times, four or five times. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Somewhere around there. This was that good. Out of 120 specials we've done, this is in the top five. Wow. I yeah. This is as funny as a special as I've heard in a long time. Yeah. Yep, it was really good. Really, really good. <laughs> Watch. Yeah. Go. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Paul. Verzi. Nocturnal Admissions. So great. Such a great special. Oh, my gosh. Such a great special. Yep. Good job, Paul. Phenomenal. I'm watching this, and I'm like, there's no way that Adam doesn't think this is amazing. Like, there's no no parts in here that we have that we could even say anything bad about. There was not a lull in the show. There wasn't a lull in the show. I smiled, at least smiled throughout the entire show and laughed hysterically at most. There was no point where I was just like, oh, my God, get through this part. I yeah. never said that one time. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. It was it was really good. Really, really good. Phenomenal. Great job by Paul. <clears throat> All right, man. So uh, that means next week we need to figure out what our comedy special is going to be. And that's on you. Yep. And then I am in charge of. Um, my favorite thing, which is the Mount Rushmore. That's right. Um, would you like me to start with the comedy? Uh, yeah, I, I think I want you to start with the comedy. So just today, and again, we're recording on a Wednesday, November 2nd today on YouTube, Ari Shafir came out with his new special. Okay. All right, so we need to, before we go any further than this, anybody that actually watches these with us, we talk about it all the time. If you've got any issue, 
if you if you if you feel like you have anything in your in your brain that uh, if a comedian talks about it that it's going to offend you, don't watch this. Yeah. He will offend every single race type of person, male. He's going to offend anybody that feels any certain way because he's going to talk about everybody. He, I think he's a very funny guy. As a matter of fact, the title is Jew. That's even better. He is a Jew. He is. He a talks Jew. about it all the time. Yeah. He's not a great Jew, but he's a Jew. And I think he talks a lot about being a Jew, and he makes fun of it. But he also is Jewish, and he's he's. Uh, I think he's Orthodox Jew, so he like is from Israel. His family's there still. I think most of them. Well, the he, Orthodox Jews are the ones that like they got the curly little hairs usually, and they. You know, and they and they go to I don't they pray like 30 times a day and that and they're like legit, like they can't have like sugar and like the all some weird we like it's Orthodox Jew is like it's like the Amish of Christianity. Yeah. I, I I'm not sure if I know this for sure, but I, I want to say like Hasidic Jew is the very, very, very top one. Okay. And then Orthodox, and then uh, and then being a Jew, be, yeah, just, just being just Jewish, not practicing or whatever. It is. No, not practicing, but most Jewish people. Like I'm watching this show right now with uh, um, Steve Carell. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a he's a, a, therapist. a therapist. You watch any of that? I haven't watched it, but I've heard a lot of people talk about. So it. he's Jewish in there, and his wife's big in the Jew in the church, and she plays the guitar. Well, in Orthodox Jews, women can't get up and speak or do anything like that. I mean, they can practice, or but they can't. So, like, she got her son decided married somebody that was an Orthodox Jew. He turns Orthodox Jew, which is way over the top, and they go to their wedding. And the mom's like, "Look, man, I'm Jewish. I love my God. I love this faith. I play the guitar." And she gets up there and starts singing and playing a Jewish song for him, and like half the dudes leave <laughs> in the other family. So pisses everybody. Anyway, that's besides the point. So I, I'm, it's pretty strict stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, Hasidic, Hasidic, Hasidic Jew sounds even worse. Yeah, Hasidic. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what what the description of all that stuff is, but um, uh, anyway, if you're Jewish is, out there and you want to come on and teach us a little something about your faith, yeah. give us a call. Give us shoot us a comment on the on the snap face or the tube face or any of that stuff. And we'll, we'll get you on the show. You can explain to us how it all works. I know a rabbi, but. Is he the would, guy who used to get. <laughs> all right. Is he the guy who used to come and uh, bless your machines to make them kosher? Yes. At Dude, the, at can the I old tell you place this? I work I tell and you? at the new place same guy. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. So th- this is what I love. I, I almost want to switch over to being Jewish and then try to become a rabbi and whatever I can do to get into that gig. Yeah. This dude walks from what I understand. Tell me if I'm wrong, the way I understand it in order to make something kosher, he walks in, goes in front of the machine that they make whatever out of how about he would have it. He would he would he would he doesn't go father, son, Holy spirit, because they don't believe in the son. So, you know, father says a quick blessing to the machine turns around gets a check for like a grand and walks out essentially 
Yeah. Okay. Quick, I, I, essentially, give me the, give me the, give me the. You you've seen it a million times. They got to do it every year, right? I I think they do it many many times a year. So you when you have to switch to to kosher or get some get it, you can get a tank kosherized and just keep it that way, I guess. But um, but like you know where we work now, it's there are certain tanks that you get it kosherized. You can you can do only you like get it kosherized kosherized. You, That's the just blessed, right? Yes, essentially. Okay. But there's like a they they watch you clean it. Basically, you like steam it or, or like sanitize okay. it a certain way or whatever. Okay. And that's basically it. Like two hundred bucks just to walk in the door, and then I, I don't I don't know exactly how much, but then more for whatever he does. He, they have a. It's actually changed a little bit recently, but they they had a stamp like an ink blot and a stamp with their logo on it so there's like different kinds of kosher parv and and uh a couple of different things but stamp it stamp labels yeah. labels that go like so you make something send it to a customer if the customer requires it to be kosher it has to have the stamp on there there are certain raw materials that come in that you use to make something that cannot be opened until a rabbi is present to watch you open it he assesses it looks like it's okay checks all of the from wherever it comes from checks to make sure all the kosher uh stamps and there are kosher certificates and everything looks at those make sure those are all up to speed and uh and says okay good to go then is that like what the fda does though i i I don't even know that the fda is that strict but then then there are certain things that he has to come and open or watch you open and then you close it once he's good with it. He has to put um, tape, tape like a lid shut, and and write something in Hebrew on the tape because you can't break that tape. You can't break that seal right. unless he comes back and watches you do it again. Every time you need to use something, a certain ingredient, he has to come in, watch you open it, seal it again himself. Is it better to just hire a rabbi? Yeah, some companies, some big companies do. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's so all I awesome. really know about it. Yeah, that's not all. I mean, that's like all of it. That's everything. You <laughs> I, know all of it. You know, know all of the kosherizing. I love that it's kosherized. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kosherized. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so we got Ari uh, Shafir. Uh, Shafir, yep. is that right? Jew. <sighs> okay. On YouTube. On YouTube. All right, so let's do this. Mm-hmm. Correct me if we have not done this yet. If we've done it. Okay. I'm going to go Mount Rushmore of streaming platforms. Have we done that? I don't think so. All right. Mount Rushmore of streaming platforms. All right. There it is. There you go. We got it. Man, I am extra yawny today. Yeah, an hour and 20 minutes. It's not bad. But we took like 20 minutes before the podcast to talk yeah. talk coaching and stuff, you know. Yep. Talk your coaching. It's late. It is late as usual. Um congratulations to the Astros. Uh doing something has been done it's 60 almost 60 years. 
Yeah. Almost 60 years, 50, 58, something like that. 50 something. Congratulations. They're 57. Congratulations. That's super awesome. Um, No hitter. Um, Isn't it amazing though, that it kind of doesn't matter. Like you have to win. If you don't win two more games before the Phillies do, I mean, I guess you can say you threw a no hitter, but it almost doesn't matter whether you gave up 14 hits or zero. You just have to win the game. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You, you got it. It's all about a W every W it doesn't matter. The W is a W. Um, I'm sorry. I'm reading something. Cause I just saw something that popped up on my thing here. World uh, Alex. Nope. That's not it. Um, what is somebody said? Oh, here you go. It's funny. My parents told me I was going to throw a no hitter, says Christian Javier, after being part of history. Huh. Parents predicted it. Congratulations. So uh, there you go. All right. And then we've got. uh, I wonder if the other three pitchers that were part of that, if their parents also told them that. That would be pretty amazing. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Yeah. All right. So I didn't. I just read the headline. I don't know. You have to read the whole story to find out. That's right. There you go. Um, Ari Shafir, Mount Rushmore of streaming platforms. We have um, NFL picks next week. Uh, big 3-0 and week out of me. Big 0-3 and week huge. out of you. Huge. After you got back within one game of me, I needed to step up. So now we're four games up. That's, that's big time. And then uh, hopefully it'll be, uh, this is the last week the Bengals play before their bye week. Maybe we can get Andre Edwards on here, talk a little Bengals, our Bengals expert previously with locked on bangles.com. The college basketball season's about to start. The NBA is going on. I'm sure we'll have something to talk about. Yeah. Until then, don't forget to turn your headlights on. Yeah.